Hey Geeksters, hope you're doing really good. Tuning into another episode of My Geeksters exclusive podcast for rideshare and delivery drivers. Now, like I mentioned in the last episode, this season, which is October, is all about safety. And we had Redbook Inspect in the previous episode talking about vehicle safety, so you can check that out. But this one, we just wanted to surprise you and make it more interesting by actually getting a regulator on board. And uh, I have uh, Trevor Butler from WorkSafe Victoria uh, on the channel today. And we're going to talk about a lot of things about WorkSafe Victoria, personal safety, gig worker safety, and Trev and his day in life as a you know, WorkSafe Victoria inspector and all of that stuff. So it's a lot of exciting content, a lot of exciting stories to be shared. Trev, you mentioned about working as an inspector in the transport industry and um, we know transport industry is one of the high risk industries um, um, across Australia, in fact. Um, my Geeksters, we have a lot of drivers <laughs> and that's what yeah. My Geeksters is made up of. And we, most of our uh, ride-sharing delivery drivers drive different forms of vehicles from cars to trucks to bikes to e-bikes and cycles, but everybody's on the road working and that's how they get paid. Um, in your in your years of experience inspecting, um, I'm curious to know whether you've come across any stories that has happened to you or to someone that you've come across in your professional uh, background. Um, is there something that you would like to share with us, please? Oh, look, there's there's many stories I'd, <laughs> I'd love to share with you, but look, one story I've always I've told for a long time is. Um, uh, and look, there's a few of them. It's, it's um, going back a few years ago, and this is probably uh, probably ten, maybe look, maybe fifteen years ago when we started to first bring in traffic management. We started to pick up at, at transport yards or companies and just different areas where starting to deal with the issues because we had so many people used to get run over by vehicles and be it uh, um, company vehicles or reversing trailers and so forth or Anyway, we had a, uh, a one particular um, one of these type of hardware type of um, drive-in, drive-out type of uh, locations. I won't mention any names. And um, we had a complaint come in and, and the complaint said that there was uh, some traffic mas- management issues and forklifts uh, sort of coming near pedestrians and so forth. So when... So I actually, I got the, this is when I was still working at the field, I got the complaint, I went out to the job and I spoke to the owner of the company and we said, look, we've had the complaint, this is what's happened and so forth. Anyway, they had reasonably good controls in place and they made a few little minor changes and so forth, which was good, not very expensive at all, and it made things a lot safer. And the gentleman was very proactive at owned the company and he said, look, I'd really like to know who put the complaint in because we don't tell anyone who's put the complaint in as such uh, because, you know, that's just the way the system works. And uh, I said, well, it, it's, it's interesting. I said, in this, normally we can't divulge who put a um, complaint in, but however, in this case I can because the person's quite happy for their name to be put forward. And um, I said, oh, right, well, who is it? And I said, well, it's the state coroner. And uh, <laughs> the state coroner at the time who actually obviously um, – he liked going to hardware shops and buying things and had a uh, place down that the same location. 
Anyway, so they end up being got in contact with each other and uh, had a conversation, end up being quite good friends out of it. And he ended up sort of doing a bit of a conversation at different nights and recalling that um, uh, that meeting. And, and it actually worked out being a, a very good outcome because they were a very proactive company, but they had gaps. And mm-hmm. they got someone else in to have a look at it and, and change around. And it's that constant change and reviewing. And they, and they put a few things in and changed it around, and it worked out really well. And, and that was... Um, uh, they end up having a very good relationship. I, I've had actually a good relationship with that person ever since as well. They're lovely <laughs> people, good company, and very proactive. But even they've, but they need to look and improve and check things quite often. And yeah, it was an interesting one. And, and look, I could tell you another one with traffic management, which I I'd always made me laugh. Is the early days of high vis clothing. Mm. And what's another one, traffic manager was coming up and that was the days when I was just putting some lines on the ground and working your walk within the lines and there was no sort of real barriers and such. And this company had implemented uh, some controls and we said, right, you need to put this in place and so forth. And they get, yep, we're on board with this and everyone has to wear high visibility clothes when they come on site, all great. And they had a truck pulled up at the gate and the driver wouldn't put a high-vis vest on. And they said, well, you're not coming in unless you put the high-vis vest on. And he said, well, I'm not coming in. And it was this uh, standoff. <laughs> and he wouldn't leave, and they wouldn't let him in. And he's parked at the gate and never rang me and said, what do we do? <laughs> and, uh, when you think back on it now, like, you go out for tea somewhere and there's someone wearing high visibility clothing or something. You, know, you can't go anywhere. And this this truck driver just refused to put it on. So it's um, times have changed. So That's there you good. go. So. Um, it's it's interesting that you, you how the industry has matured in terms of uh, adopting to you know uh, better safety measures and uh, and how organisations have become more uh, proactive. Um, Yes, regulations and the entire governance around it is definitely uplifting the uh, the the game for workplaces and workers and everything. And I think it's a cumulative effort of the last 15, 20 years in the making. Yep. Um, but I'm curious now, I'm going to open up this to a bit more, you know, wider topic. And I know this topic has been in conversation across the board. Um, and most of the regulators, most of the industry experts are still working towards a very good answer. And it's, um, and it's no right answer or wrong answer, but the gig economy and gig workforce, and uh, that's a completely new, um, new recipe in the a la carte menu. Um, where people can work anywhere, anytime. I'm not just talking about just about drivers. I'm talking about, you know, people who work for freelancing companies, you know, um, dog walkers and, you know, Santa Clauses. And um, how does a regulator see this growing workforce? And uh, and I know that um, Works in Victoria, along with other regulators across the states, are working towards, you know, building governance and building framework and talking to gig platforms. Um, but for me, it's more like, how, how do you see this growing future? And um, how can gig workers in this space currently be safe? Yeah, well, look, look, the gig workers is, um, it's an interesting one. It's, it's probably the new frontier in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and it's, and it's sort of come at a time where it's, it's it's a difficult one to deal with because in a lot of cases 
they aren't employers or they aren't employees and they're not in uh, they're not contractors they're somewhere in between and then it, it, it becomes very difficult because the act sort of works on an employer employee relationship in fundamental terms without going into all the details but it sort of works on a, an employer employee relationship in a lot of the cases uh, the gig workers aren't working for an employer. They're working for a platform, if you like. And, and are they an employee or are they a, co- a, a contractor or, or such? It, it, it makes it very difficult. And, and, and that's a technicality. And it's only when you get an incident or a complaint or do something of that nature, you need to work through each individual um, scenario to say, okay, where does this one sit in that criteria? You know, are they an employee are they a contractor or what's the best fit? It's not a straightforward scenario when you have a employer-employee relationship. So I, I work for WorkSafe Victoria. I'm an employee. I get paid. I get a payroll. I've got this. I've got hours and so forth. It's very easy to prove. Uh, when you're working as a, a gig worker, uh, and it doesn't matter, as you say, dog walking, driving, whatever it may be, um, it's it's slightly different because what control do they have? Uh, who's got control? Are you are they paying your taxes or are they? So you've got to work through a whole process first to see establish what they are. So it is difficult in that sense, and and all the governments and the regulators are all struggling with this uh, and working through processes to deal with it because this is going to get bigger and bigger. I think at the moment it's over, uh, over 100 different types of platforms, working environments in, in Australia at the moment. Uh, so this is going to get bigger and bigger. To be safe though, so look, you know, it's, then to cut back to the uh, the chase, I suppose, it doesn't matter if you're a gig worker, you're a contractor, you're an employee, you're an employer, or you're just someone wandering down the road doing whatever. Um you've got to look after your own safety uh, to a certain degree in that sense. So if you're a gig worker or whatever, if you're riding a bike uh, or you're doing something of that nature, high visibility clothing and something of that nature. I myself, I ride a, I'm a motorcyclist. I ride a motorcycle and I make sure I wear good equipment all the time. Uh, you, know, where you make sure that you ride sensibly uh, and you put, don't put yourself in a position to add extra risk. Um, if you're driving cars and that's that, fatigue is a big issue. Uh, what mm. tends to happen in some areas if uh, they're working late at night or early in the morning or if they've been studying then they're working, trying to do a job in between or such. Um, fatigue. Um, a lot of people underestimate fatigue. It is a real dangerous one, the, uh, the fatigue. Uh, and uh, people tend to underestimate what the, the effects of fatigue and the accumulated effect of fatigue can have on people. Uh, so have a think about it. If they're feeling really tired, they need to take that into consideration. Think about when they had their last big sleep of more than six hours and work back from there. And that's probably a good yardstick to measure where you are with fatigue. If it's been more than 12 or you know, twelve hours since you've had sort of a six-hour sleep, you've got to be starting to – your judgment can go a little bit. Um, so I think you've got to look at the circumstances, look at your equipment, make sure your equipment's – well-maintained. If it's your equipment, make sure it's well-maintained. If it's uh, equipment you're using on someone else's, if it's not up to speed, let them know that it needs to be uh, get some maintenance or checks or so forth and that. Uh, I think that's the best tips. And ask other people around the place as well. Ask for people doing the same task, what equipment they're using, what, what controls they're putting in place because you don't remember everything. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, you, you you reminded me of my personal incident when um, I was uh, I was traveling for work um, as an. This is when I was an international student, and um, I was doing a lot of different works. One of the work wanted me to go to Sydney, and uh, I was taking my very old car on Sydney roads, um, and I was traveling, and I underestimated uh, fatigue. Um, as an international student, you know, I'm young and I'm driven. So I had a bunch of coffees that morning and I thought like I'm ready pumped up and I'll just have one big stretch to uh, Sydney. It will take about nine hours and I probably clock it in easy. And um, I was almost halfway through and I was almost feeling good. Uh, then I had a small break and took another coffee and I said, okay, we're halfway through, just halfway through more. Um, but the next second half, I wasn't feeling really good. I wasn't, I think I was, I was just blurring out. Um, I, but here's the thing, when I was blurring out, I didn't, f- I, part of my mind was saying, Benji, you're not okay. You should probably stop your car. But part of me is saying, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It should be fine. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I took that micro sleep, what they say, it yeah. was so quick. I didn't, I didn't know. I was just holding the steering and I drifted away from the road and I'm, I'm, I'm traveling at, I think at like 90, 100. I don't even remember now, but it was, it was probably just for five, 10 seconds. Not even, probably lesser than that. All mm. of a sudden I was on like the, um, the rightmost lane and I was off the road about to go off the road somewhere. And yep. thank God there was like this, this bumpy things at the side of the road. It actually woke me up. And I quickly realized that I actually moved three, four lanes in a matter of few seconds. And I don't remember at all. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and look, yeah, you, you're right. And you know what, Benji, it, it probably was less than a few seconds, to be quite it, honest. It was yeah. probably <laughs> less than a second that your eyes were closed and, and went there because that's what happens. And it is so quick when you think you're, you're going at 90, 100 kilometres an hour. Uh, it doesn't take long to move a long distance or move sideways. And the amount of the amount of um, accidents that we see in that type of environment uh, is um, it's unbelievable. In the transport industry, uh, they you see it a lot. But not only everyone sort of thinks of the heavy, you know, uh, heavy articulated vehicles and and interstaters and all that type of thing, and that's not it's not only them. It's the the amount of trucks doing local deliveries these days uh, on the road for very long periods of time. Yeah, they might be on some of these people are on the road for very long days and then they drive home or whatever. Uh, it is very difficult. Um, you could have people, uh, you know, you've got people working at uh, doing 12 hour shifts at a prison or at a, uh, a manufacturing plant or, or whatever it may be. Uh, they work a 12 hour shift. And then they jump in the car and drive home. And if you've got another hour to drive home and then drive back again, well, that twelve hours is now fourteen hours, yeah. and so forth. And I think it's I think it's sixteen. Or, don't don't quote me on this exact, but I think it's if it's sixteen or seventeen seventeen hours awake is equivalent to 0.05 in alcohol. Uh, is what the equivalence is, if I remember right, or something along those lines. So it's um, if you're working twelve hour days, it's and you're travelling a little bit, it's it's pretty easy to knock up. 17 hours awake and your judgment goes out of whack. And then if you're traveling at speed, 
if he comes out. But but it's not only, and it's also what we see from a like a worksafe point of view, and we see it quite often, is it's not only the drive, it's it's the people making decisions on the behalf of the drivers. So you'll have managers who are directing people or so forth who are maybe doing long periods of day. Um, the transport industry um, manages the places or you may have a manufacturing plant working long days if you've got someone directing traffic or it may be mobile plant they're driving. If mm. you're operating any plant uh, and you've been awake for long periods of time, so cranes or anything of that nature, you're going to be affected. Or the waterfront's another classic area where if they're working a long period of time, uh, that can affect you. So don't underestimate the, the, the effects of fatigue and that, that's a real killer in the industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the key takeaway for gig workers, um, Trev, from what you said, is being aware of the yep. risk is very important and mm. um, you know as an international student and being new to the country i wasn't really aware of a number of these risks um mm. and i think the 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 gig workers themselves while while the governance and frameworks are being designed to protect them and eventually i believe it will be developed to protect them but in the interim i think every it's the responsibility for every single worker regardless of where and when they work uh, is for them to be aware of the risk and and also make sure they take um they take reasonable measures uh, to yeah. Uh, protect themselves because on the road like when i was when i was delivering food or you know um uh, doing ride share number of the times there is no one looking at me so i will tend to work for more hours or mm. do more deliveries because i want to earn the money that i want and um we often oversee safety we often oversee fatigue we often oversee vehicle safety because we're just mm. on the road i think it's you've given a very important point um that you got to manage it and by being aware and managing itself is like 90% done uh, you're safe absolutely yeah. absolutely and it look and it's you know we we're sort of talking about the um, uh, ride sharing and, and it's things of that nature but it's not only that it look it's a good lifestyle and some people love the lifestyle of being a gig, gig worker because they can work when they want to work and not work when they don't want to work and yeah, yeah some people like working at night and some like more day people or whatever that's fantastic it gives you that opportunity but you've got to be aware of your circumstances around you and and it doesn't matter if it's ride sharing if it's working at venues or not but the, I think people are conscious that, that you, most of the time you're employed for a period of time or to undertake a task and then get get that pay and move on. But you've got to be aware of that that fatigue factor and other things. And it doesn't matter if it's at work. As you say, you could be just driving up to go to drive to Sydney or drive to Adelaide or whatever you're doing, you know, um, uh, going for a weekend away. you just got to be – fatigue is a real one to worry about and that's when you start making mistakes and that's when the accidents start to happen. And that we see that quite frequently. And uh, the amount of shift workers at night, the accident rate uh, goes up um, and because they're working outside mm. of their normal body clock at times um so that that tends to affect people as well so um you 
Uh, thanks a lot. I think the uh, one of the recent quotes that I have made in the community is, you know, in the Spider-Man movie, there's a quote says, "With power comes responsibility." And yeah, in, in the yeah. <laughs> in the, in the gig workers community, this is the quote: "With flexibility comes responsibility," <laughs> because you can work yeah. anytime, anywhere, and mm. you know, literally, you are owning your day. Um, yeah. that comes with responsibility so if you're going to work a, at saturday nights taking drunk passengers home you got to make sure you are safe you are aware of the risk and you yeah. take adequate measures um yeah. trev i can keep talking and i know you you have tons and tons of stories and information to share but i got to finish this episode so yeah. um as a final question um when and how gig workers or any worker who's listening to this podcast or this video um when and how can they reach worksafe victoria okay so look uh worksafe has a, a number of offices around the state but the easiest way is we have a, a advisory service number of uh, 1800 136089 that's probably the easiest uh, way of getting in contact um we do have an email which is info@worksafe.vic.gov.au that's also available um which are two easiest ways but one thing i will just leave you with if i can is having dealt over the years with a lot of fatalities a lot of serious injuries and so forth regardless uh, what the effect that something like that has on a company or a community when you have an accident or something a loss and that's what we we sponsorship we do a lot of sponsorship with country football and netball um we find when you have a loss be it a serious injury or death the ripple effect in the community is enormous it's not mm-hmm. just you it's your family it's your friends it's everyone else and i think if everyone thinks about that too that really sh- hopefully that'll hit home because that really has a major effect on their families friends and community Uh, when someone has an accident or gets seriously injured or killed um so if they think about that and just have a think about it just before they jump in take time take that extra second or two just to think about what they're going to do first yeah thanks 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 very much for having me no oh, tip tip um you, you are uh, no less than awesome <laughs> thank you so so much and you you've holistically covered um your life as a safety inspector and what does work safe in 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 what is the theme of work safe and why you're doing what you're doing and we also touched upon a number of things around person safety being you know about reporting incidents and why it should be reported um and also the evolution of this gig economy and workforce i think we also touched on a very important topic which i really wanted to emphasize is fatigue management and um you know just planning your day out if you're in a gig worker and just being safe at your own um space really really thanks and thanks for sharing this numbers i'm going to put the number the email the website and there's another link that i'll put in the description so um for the listeners out there you can definitely check uh, them out um obviously it's worksafe victoria uh, as the word goes you know every victorian <laughs> gets access to advice consulting any questions you can always reach out to them um even if you are an employer gig worker worker you are an international student doesn't really matter you can always go and have someone help you out and guide you with your questions so thanks thanks for that and don't forget the website i did forget to mention the website so it's worksafe at 
Vic at gov.au as well. Excellent. So thank you very gonna, much. Yeah, thank you, Trev. Thank you so much. You have a rest of the week and uh, I look forward to chatting with you very soon. That would be good. That would be great. Thanks a lot. That was another exciting and great episode. I really thank the guests for participating and sharing the story. Now, for all the listeners, thanks for tuning in again and for supporting us. Please check out our other episodes right from your favorite podcast streaming app and also connect us on Facebook at MyGeeksters or simply visit us on our website at mygeeksters.com.au. This is Benjamin signing off and until I see you on the next episode, drive safe and take care. Bye.